For those of you who don't know, that is the theme for NFL football. <laughs> you can pray. NFL football. The game today. Mary, let's pray for Mary. Bless her heart. <laughs> I'm so excited uh, that the, I don't know if you guys know this, the Bengals are in it. Wow. I thought I'd get at least one who day. All right, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I am excited, probably more than I should be. But um, uh, Jeff texted me right before um, uh, first service, um, and he just wanted to let you guys know. Um, he's praying for today's service. He, he and Erica are celebrating her birthday together, which is where he needs to be, and all God's people say, amen. amen. And he, uh, he told me to give him heaven this morning. So he said, <laughs> after Bill... Give them heaven. So that's what I thought I'd do. I, I was in the back this morning just kind of greeting people in the first service. And um, one of the little guys that comes to our first service, his name's Daniel. He's three or four years old. And uh, he, he said something to me, and I didn't get it because that was the first time he'd ever talked to me. And I was kind of excited. So I, I leaned down, and I heard a little bit of it. And his mom looked at him, and she said, he said to you, God made us all alive. It was the sweetest voice. I was like, yeah, he did. Um, so this morning, I want to talk about what it looks like for us not just to be in church, but to us, for us to have a faith that can move mountains, a faith that can change things, a prayer life that's, that, that's excited and praying for people that need it, not just the Bengals. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> and saying that, a guy was at the Super Bowl. <laughs> And he was astonished to see an empty seat on the third row on the 50-yard line. He asked the man seated beside it if, I knew, um, if he knew why, why there was such an empty seat at such a huge game. The man kind of put his head down and said, well, actually, this seat belongs to my late wife. She was a big football fan. The other guy said, I am so sorry to hear that, but couldn't you have had a, a friend or a relative that could use her ticket? And the man said, no, they're at her funeral. Oh, come on. That's a little. He was a Bengals fan. So there you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really like that joke. And if you didn't, just, just complain to Jeff. All right. So I'm in Mark 11. We're continuing on. Um, we're going to go from 22 through 25. I'm going to ask that you please stand as we read God's word together. Jesus replied to them, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will, come, will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you're staying praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you of your wrongdoing. May the reading of God's word be blessed. Pray with me. Father, thanks. I pray right now for anyone that needs to hear this message. May they uh, have an open heart right now. May you touch them. May you remind them of our hope and where it comes from. May you give them peace. May you remind us, God, that we're doing this life and we get you. And may we understand what that looks like. And may people see you in our lives in our walking, our talking, and everything we do, Father. I pray right now for anyone that's hurting, tired, 
overwhelmed. Whoever's listened to this online, may they all be blessed and be reminded that you are a God that can change them forever. And all God's people say, amen. So last week, um, Jeff, Jeff covered a lot. And um, it was a really, I, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, go back. Um, great message on, uh, on, on kind of faith and kind of leading up to what we're going to talk about today. Um, the big question as I was reading it, what do you believe? And, and, and how do you believe it? And how, how much do you trust God in, in everything you do? David Wilkerson, who is the author of The Cross and the Switchblade, who's one of my, uh, as the first book I read as a 16-year-old kid just accepting Jesus, and it, it reminded me of what faith looks like. He went into a gang in New York City, and not only did he change the gang, several of them became pastors. Um, that's faith, right? That's the kind of faith I want to have. This is what he says. As I look back over 50 years of ministry, I recall innumerable tests, trials, and times of crushing pain. But through it all, the Lord has proven faithful, loving, and totally true to all his promises. Amen? There's 7,000 promises in the Word of God, and I believe them, and I need to live like I believe them. So last week, Jeff kind of talked about, um, it, it goes like this, verse 20 and 21. In the morning, they went along, they saw a fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and Jesus what Jesus said to him. Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Now, that's pretty impressive. I don't know about you, but I do not want to mess with a man that can do that to a fig tree. Right? That's pretty incredible because he has authority over everything on this earth. He is God. And when we recognize that, I think it puts everything in perspective. So what does Jesus say as a follow-up to that? Jesus replied to them, have faith in God. (laughs) He just heard what Peter said that he had withered the tree, and he looks at them, and he says, have faith in God. How many of you need to hear that today? How many of you are going through some struggles? You're tired. Things aren't going the way you want. Finances are, are tough. Whatever the situation is, and you need someone to tell you, have faith in God. Trust him. I promise you those are good words. Those are words that can change your life if you just let them. Just wait to see what he's going to do next. I don't know about you. As I read that, it reminds me that I need to be reminded that no matter what I'm going through or how tough life gets, I just have to wait on God. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm impatient. Anybody else impatient? I'm like, come on, Lord, hurry up. Anybody like that? Well, those of you who know, I am a Bengals fan, so God has taught me to persevere. (laughs) Did I tell you they were in the Super Bowl today? I'm pitch myself. Hang on. Tony Dungy. Yeah, there's going to be some Super Bowl quotes. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff gave me this Sunday. I am so excited. He said, I love coaching football and winning a Super Bowl was the goal of I had for a long time. But it has never been my purpose in life. My purpose in life is simply to glorify God. We have to be careful that we don't let the pursuit of our life's goals, no matter how important they seem, cause us to lose our, the sight of our purpose. I coach football, but the good I can do is to glorify God along the way. That's my real purpose. Mm. 
That's the kind of, that's the kind of guy I want to follow. That's the kind of, kind of guy I want to be. I want everyone to see that my faith is strong. And the only reason it's strong, not because of anything I do, because of what my God has already done. I've seen him change things. I've seen him when moments where I didn't know how a bill was going to be paid till a, church, or till a check showed up, and, and, and there it was. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm sorry I doubted. We all have moments where we doubt. That's okay. The better thing that's even more important, how do you get up? How do you start walking again? How do you start living this faith? So let me talk about three things kind of based out of this text that I love, that God just... I, I, he poured into me, and I needed to hear it. Maybe you don't, but sorry, you're stuck with me. So, Two laughs. That wasn't very good. Okay. first, uh, You guys get to hear all the things that happened in first service, too. So first service, I thought it'd be good. I, I fixed strawberry tea um, this morning because I thought coffee, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with something different. So I tried strawberry tea, and I was drinking it first service. And as I was drinking it right in the middle of, of the sermon, a strawberry came out, and I about choked on it. Nobody? I, I did one of these, and then I just kept on going. I thought it was funny. Nobody, no, all right. thought y'all would appreciate me sharing. I'm, I, no strawberries this morning. I got rid of it for first, second service. True faith, faith that is real, that is alive, is based on God's Word. It's based on His Word. Charles Spurgeon said this, a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. That's pretty good, right? Because that, and, and maybe say, well, I use a phone or an iPad. Well, you better make sure that there's a lot of little things on there where you're going back and forth, flip, 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 because this is an important thing that we can rely on God's word and know that what he says is true. It's foundational. Listen, if you don't start there, you've missed the whole point. So I want to encourage you. I want to love you. But I want to tell you, you need to start in God's Word. We say, well, Dave, how do I get closer to God? How do I find that? We're, we have opportunities. Um, we have all kinds of things going back. The Connection, Connection Center is back there. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Um, now we're, not we're not starting until uh, next week, <laughs> the Bible study that I'm leading. because I'm going to do it tonight. But there's a game. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Anyway. Next week, we're starting Bible studies. We've got all kinds of things going on. I'm excited. Make sure you check and know what's going on. The youth calendar's back there. Um, make sure you look at that, because if you want to get plugged in, if you want to start learning the Bible, that's a great way to start. So, verse 23, truly I tell you, Mark 11, if anyone says to this mountain, be lifted and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. So why isn't more people getting those life-changing things? You ever wonder that? So, so here's the thing, though. I have to know that however I pray, if I pray with the right heart, God will bless it. But more importantly, and I need you to catch this, the prayers I pray need to kind of be backed up by God's word. If God's word backs it, then you can pray it. I promise. Pray for your family. God's word backs it. Amen? Pray for your spouse. God's word backs it. Amen? Pray for your testimony. God's word backs that. Amen? Pray for the lost. You know why? 
two of you. Great. God's word, word backs it. It's really important that you get that. This is a powerful mess. I believe this. I believe in the word. And if I believe in the word and I believe it is true, then I believe that what God will do, he will do because he's God and I'm not. Man, that fires me up, you guys. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know how to get you excited. This is good stuff. This is stuff we need to hold on to. John 15, 7 said this, If you remain in me and my, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. Now, I think some people take this the wrong way. How many of you have ever prayed and asked God that you win the lottery? Be honest. You all are a bunch of fibbers. <laughs> That's all right. I'll raise my hand. Here's the thing with that, though. Exactly. That's not always God's will. God's will is backed up by God's word. If I want it done, I got to ask, is this what God wants for me in my life? Ronald Reagan said this, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. Right? Not just a few. All the problems we face can be found in God's word. You need peace? It's there. You can find it. You need hope? It's there. You can find it. You need to find a smile? It's there. Even in Proverbs, it says laughter is good medicine. It's in the Bible. And all God's people say, we need to be smiling more. We got a faith, man. That's exciting stuff. I really think the church needs to look a lot better than the world does. We need to leave this place. It doesn't mean we don't have problems. It doesn't mean we don't have issues. It doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. What it means is we have a God that's going to get us through it. That's faith. My God's going to get me through whatever, anything I face. And I've got to realize that every morning I get up. Every after, I don't know about you guys, I'm getting a little bit older. I don't know if you noticed, but I am. The older I get, I find something else to hurt every week. Anybody else? Me and Chris, that's okay. And, so, and there you go. Here's the thing with that. No matter how much I ache, I know God is good, and he will still help me get up and walk. He'll help me still smile. He'll still help me to be, bless, be a blessing to someone if I just let him do that in my life. James 1.22 says, don't merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. We are called to be doers of God's word, not just hearers. I think sometimes we listen to it really good, but living it out is a different thing. God has called you, and you need to hear me. If you don't hear anything else, I say, God has called you to live out his word, to live it to a world that needs it, to show it to people who are hurting, to actually be Jesus to someone who needs help, to someone who's hurting, to someone who's frustrated. How many of you know someone that needs some Jesus today? Anybody? How many of you are the ones that are giving it to them? That's the question. What am I doing to show people my faith and show the word in me living and alive? Romans ten seventeen says this, so faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from through comes through the message about Christ. So it comes back to this. If I hear it, if I believe it, then I got to live like Christ. It's just that simple. Jesus 
has died for you. He has given you not just a second chance, for some of us, 187th chance. And because of that, I got to get up. I got to start walking. I got to start living. And I got to show people that I have a true faith in him. And it's based on God's word. Secondly, true faith in God requires prayer. I don't know about you guys, but I need prayer. Anybody here? You need somebody to pray for? Pray for me and Jeff. We'll take it. Gerald will take it as well. We need to pray for each other. We need to cover each other. We need for people to understand the importance of prayer in the church. We need to be a place that prays. Sometimes I think the altar call should be longer than the whole service because we're praying and we're asking God for a second chance, an 187th chance. Verse 24, therefore I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it and it will be done for you. Now, some of you say, well, Dave, I prayed this and it wasn't done. Well, I'm not going to question whether you believed it or not, but was it from God and should, and should you have prayed it? And if you should, watch what happens. It's not going to happen just the way you want it. That's the thing with us Christians. We're like, God, if you do it, we tell him how to do it. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but he's God and you're not. Quit telling him what to do. Just trust him with it. Some of us need to trust God more, Right? Right? All right. How do I pray? First thing is you need to be passionate. I love Jeremiah 29. If you get a chance every once in a while, just read Jeremiah 29. There's a reminder in there of so many things, not just that we get a hope and a future, but we can get through anything. And see, what's going on there is, is there's, I, 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 I preached this a few weeks ago, and the reminder is simply this. When I know that no matter what is going on in my life, that I got God to get me through it, then I can get through it. These guys have kind of forgot that. And Jeremiah is reminding them, you got a hope in the future. I don't care if you got, I know God took you out of there. I know you're not where you want to live. I know you're not getting the things you want. Quit whining and start living. Do you think God ever wants to tell us that? Just me? Okay, thanks. You guys are so spiritual. Man. Jeremiah 29, 13, God says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's passion there. That's, that's saying reckless abandonment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to passionately see Jesus. I'm going to seek Jesus. I'm going to ask Jesus to help me, and I'm going to ask for him to give me not just a second chance, but all the chances I need so I can get through this life so I can show people who he is. But I need to be passionate about it. How many of you have prayed for someone passionately? You've just, mm, over and over, never give up. We'll talk more about that in a second because the next point is be persistent. Colossians 4.2, don't be weary in prayer. Keep at it. Watch for God's answer. That's pretty awesome, right? How many of us, we pray, but we never look to see if he's answered it. We just pray it thinking, oh, we'll see. No, I mean, you need to be looking for it. You need to be persistent knowing that he's going to answer what you need because that's what his word says. Keep at it. Watch God's answer. Are you watching for God's answer when you pray or are you just praying and going through the motions? Sometimes as Christians, I think we just pray because we think we're supposed to instead of praying because he's my dad. And I'm going to talk to him. My father needs to know what's going on. He knows already, but I'm going to tell him, I love it when my kids tell me what's going on in their life. When I just get to hang out with them, when they're, when they're just 
me and them, and they're telling me some good things. They're telling me some things I wish they hadn't told me. I love them. I want to hear from them. God wants to hear from you. Amen? Next thing is be specific. James 4.2. The reason you don't have um, what you want is because you don't ask God for it. I, I love that. The message of the text that we've been reading um, out of Mark 11 says this. Include everything as you embrace this God life. That's specific, right? That means everything. That means you need to pray for the things you don't think you should pray for because God wants to know what's going on in your life. Again, I go back to, I want to know, even if I don't want to know, I need to know what's going on in my kid's life. God wants to know what's going on in this kid's life. That's us. He wants to hear it from you. Ted Decker said this, prayer may just be the most powerful tool mankind has. Is it a tool for you? Is it powerful? Is it strength? Are you using God's prayer to change lives? Not to get what you want. That's the problem. Sometimes we pray to get what we want instead of for God to get what he wants and what, how he wants to do it. Can I get an amen? Be faithful. It wouldn't be a Super Bowl sermon without quoting Vince Lombardi. Some of you don't know. He was a coach for the Packers, for some of you that didn't know that. But here's what he said. The difference between a successful person and others is not the lack of strength, not the lack of knowledge, but rather a lack in will. It means we have to have faith, not just persistent, not just faithful, but we need to believe it's going to happen and watch what God does. I was at my, my grandpa's funeral. Um, it was in 1989. I became a Christian in 1986. If it kind of gives you an idea. Um, I was there, and there were these three sweet old ladies. I remember they all had their hair in a bun. I don't know why I remember that, but I did. I found out later it's because they went to my Aunt Agnes's church, which was a Nazarene church. And so when I walked by them, they go, that's him. I thought, good night. They, they were pointing at me. I just kept on walking. I walked back. I'm pretty sure that's the guy. Lee, what did I do to these ladies? And the third time I went back and I said, do, do I know you all? And they go, no, but we know you. <laughs> That's always scary, right? I'm like, uh, what did I do? They said, we've been praying for you for over five years. Wait a minute, what do you mean? Before you even became a Christian, we started praying for you. Your Aunt Agnes told us to. We prayed that you'd be in ministry. You're going to be a minister. Good night. That is powerful. Can I get an amen? I started telling Aunt Agnes everything. I was like, tell your ladies, tell your little gang over there, here's what we need prayer for. Because that prayer changed my life. And I believe prayer can change life. Do you? It's powerful, isn't it? It excites me when we understand it, when we, when we see it actually come alive. Verse 24, therefore I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I want to have a true faith, and the only way to do that is to pray um, with everything in my heart. Next thing, true faith only works when we forgive. That's kind of it. Um, that's a hard thing. How many of you have ever had someone hurt you that you didn't want to forgive them? Yeah. It's hard to forgive people who are mean, right? It's hard to forgive people who are ugly to us. But here's the deal. Just look at it this way. Jesus forgave you. 
That's hard, but it's, it's the goal. And if we get that, I think we'll understand the secret, the secret of forgiveness. And it's just this. Remember how much you have been forgiven. If I do that, then I can actually hold on to God's words. I can trust him. And I can forgive someone who, who I don't want to forgive, not because of anything good in me, because Jesus. And because of Jesus, I can forgive people. And whenever you're standing praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you for your wrongdoing. It's pretty right there. I need to have it. If I'm going to have a true faith, I got to really understand the importance of forgiving. Colossians 3.13 said this, Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That great theologian, Mike Ditka, okay, he was a coach. All right said this, success isn't permanent and failure isn't fatal. Here's the thing. Get back up. Even when people hurt you, get back up. Even when things don't make sense, get back up. Forgive whatever's happened to you, because not because of, of what they did, but because of who you love. Listen, I can only forgive anyone because I know that Jesus loves me. It's not just a kid's song that I sing. It's a, it's, a, it's a life walk. It's a God thing. It's a God life. And if I embrace it, truly embrace it, it changes everything from the inside out. It changes the way I treat people, the way I love people, the way I even deal with hurts, the, the way I deal with people who are mean. How many of you know someone mean? <laughs> how, many, how many of you are like Wayne Smith? If you ever... Get a chance to hate someone. You already got your list picked out. <laughs> I thought that was funnier than you guys did. Ephesians 4.32 says this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Jesus forgives me, so I've got to forgive each someone who, who, who's hurt me, who I don't like, who's done something that maybe I'm struggling with. Christ God forgave me. So now i got to forgive others. Colossians 2, 13 through 14. You were dead because of your sins. Then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. That's pretty good stuff, right? So how in the world can we be forgiven? It was nailed at the cross of Jesus. That's it. If I walk like that, if I live like that, if I, you know, sometimes I, when I was a kid, younger, anyway, like 17 years old, I went to a church thing. It was actually Ichthus, and they had this huge cross, and they had all these little cards, and they said, just take it and nail it to the cross. And me not knowing Jesus as well yet, I just looked at some of them on there, and there was things like, I forgive my dad, I forgive my mom. I forget my family. I forgive. And it was unbelievable what people were nailing to that cross. It was in that moment I realized that no matter what happens to me in this life, if I nail it to the cross, it changes everything. It changes everything. Y'all need to hear me. Some of y'all need to get up here and pray. I love you. But you have hurts. You have fears. You have things that you need to nail to the cross of Jesus. And I say that to you because I love you. And I know that the only way you're going to get healthy is when you get honest with God. 
when you're transparent with him, when you get, listen, here's the good news. You ready? He already knows. He knows your stupidity. Can I get an amen? He knows your ignorance. Can I get an amen? He can, he knows your ugliness. Can I get an amen? Not only does he know it, he loves you anyway. C.S. Lewis said this, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. It's just that easy. <laughs> it's not. It's one of the hardest things we do because when we get hurt, we, we hold on to it. We hang on to it. Colossians 2.12 from the message says this, submitting to baptism, going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. Can I get an amen? Man, I love, I don't know if you guys were here, um, but a few weeks ago, Ben was baptized. Ben's a big fellow. I would not want to fight Ben. He scares me a little bit. And, and he's a big dude. And, um, it was incredible um, when Jeff baptized him. When he came out of the water, you know what he did? Just like that. And I'm pretty sure I couldn't hear him, but I thought I heard a woo-woo or a hoo-day. I'm not positive. But that's powerful, right? How many of you have given God the glory and just went, oh, he's got it. Victory has already been won. I can raise my hands. I can lift them up because Jesus wins the fight. How many of you like Rocky? Anybody here like Rocky? I know it's a little more of a guy sermon. Sorry, pray for me. But I love it when he, when he runs up those stairs and he gets to the top and he's going like that. And I don't know about you all, but I want to just do it with him because it's victory. And we as Christians should know victory more than anybody else in this world. We've won the ultimate fight. We've won victory over death. Raise them up. Lift them up. Get excited. Get fired up. Can you hear me? We need to understand that God has already won. So let us live as people who have victory. Psalm 32, 1-2 says this, What happiness for those who guilt whose guilt has been given, has been forgiven. What relief for those who God has cleared the record. I need you to understand, it's kind of like an Etch-a-Sketch. You guys like Etch-a-Sketches? I do. You know why? Because I always mess up my doodle. Anybody else? Because I'm sitting there and I'm doodle, I'll do it. And then I'll sit like, I shake it. How many of you ever have to do that? Yeah, I shake that thing all the time because it clears everything up. God's taking your sins. He's shaking it, and it's all cleared up. And all God's people say, Andrew Murray said this, a dead Christ I must do everything for. A living Christ does everything for me. He shakes all the stuff that we've messed up, that we've done, and he clears the record. He gets it off there, and he gives you a second chance. I don't know how else to preach it. It's so exciting, you all. When you get this, when you understand this, when you hold on to it. The message, um, verses 22 through 25, says it like this of Mark 11. Jesus was matter of fact. Embrace this God life. Really embrace it. And nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, just say, go jump in the lake. No shuffling or hemming or, and hawing. And it's as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray, absolute, pray for absolutely everything, 
ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life. And you'll get God's everything. That's pretty cool, right? And you'll get God's everything. I don't know about you. I, I, anybody like game shows? Just me. Good, thanks. Me and Wayne. I like the prices right. I do. You pray for me. I, if I ever get a chance to go on there, I want to go on there. I feel like I could win you guys, but that's another thing. But I love it, like when they win a car, because they get so excited. And I don't know about you, but I'm at home going, yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's exciting to see somebody win something. We as Christians should get excited every Sunday because we won. I don't know how else to say it. Let's keep going. You'll get God's everything. And when you assume the posture of prayer, it's pretty good. Remember that it's not all asking if you remember that it's not all asking if you have anything against someone, forgive. That's important. It's not just asking, it's forgiving. And before you get down to that posture of prayer, go forgive somebody. Make sure that that that's clear that you got that off your conscience because when you keep it, it usually doesn't hurt them. It hurts you. Let go of it. Remember, it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then your heavenly Father will be inclined to also wipe your slate clean of sins. It's that easy and it's that hard. It's giving up. It's embracing this God life. It's understanding that no matter what happens to me today, I can trust him. This is one of my favorite parts of church when we had this time. I like it when people come up and just get honest with God. I'm going to challenge you. If you need me to, I'll double dog dare you. Watch what God does. Come up and pray. Let us pray for you. Let us... Uh, let us be here as we do this thing together. Let's share it together. Let's win together. Let's watch what God does when we allow him to be our everything. So let's start to embrace God's life. Stand and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for everyone in this place right now. Lord, I thank you for everyone watching online, whether it be... Uh, at our website or on YouTube or on Facebook. Lord, may they uh, know that the one thing they need to do right now is trust you. And for those, those of us here, if we need to forgive someone, may we ask God that you give us the courage to do it. May we uh, come up here and, and leave them at your altar. May we ask God that you take everything. If there's something in our past that keeps uh, eating us alive, may we be able to give it away today. God, you've given us victory. We've won. Now may we act like it. May we live like a people who have really won. And the only way to do that is to embrace this God life that you've given us. May you be our everything and anything. May people know that when they're hurting, they can trust you. When they're tired, they can lean on you. When they're confused, they can find hope in you. God, may we do that right now. May we do these things, not because of anything we do, but because of what you've done. It's in Jesus' name I pray and all God's people say, amen.